The date is Friday, October 8th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. Almost everyone has heard of Call of Duty Zombies, but maybe you didn't know the humble beginnings of this game mode from a time when zombies was everywhere in pop culture. We'll discuss that and the complicated lore of the first two games that feature zombies on this episode, so enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. Your mom knows it, your dad knows it, they both love it. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. As always, I'm one of your adventurous hosts. I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And here's a little prelude for you guys before we jump into today's topic. Did you know that there are multiple episodes of the podcast where you can hear this recognizable sound? Yeah, no, I do know that. That is the sound of my dog's collar shaking when she wants something. And because I've (laughs) noticed in so many episodes of the podcast that that sound plays in the background, once again, it's... (laughs) <laughs> she has lost her collar privileges until further notice. Oh, no. But how are you going to know it's her? Uh, she's going to be a little quiet for a while, even though she's giving me the, the biggest goo-goo eyes right now. Like, can I have that <laughs> back, Dad? <laughs> I like Please. being the jingle jangle. <laughs> well, how am I to tell you that I need you when you're doing things? <laughs> if not the jingle jangle. Uh, last week, we had replaced my episode with an interview with Jeff Kenny. Mm-hmm. It was a lot pretty of fun. Awesome. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty good time doing that. Um, so we are now going to return to a familiar to a familiar order, and Nick's not going to blow into his microphone. Sorry, there was a hair on my screen, and it really like bugs me when there's stuff yeah, on my right. screen. So <laughs> you know, people like when we do like some out of script stuff with this some <laughs> some avant avant garde podcasting. It really brings us down to the human yeah. level. It makes them feel. Like they're a part of something that's maybe not so polished or even some might describe as amateur or amateur, no. if you would. Um, no, that's a category. I don't know. <laughs> amateur podcasters. Amateur we, podcast. fit in that, we fit in that category like a <laughs> like a glove. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure people absolutely love it when they tune in on like their favorite topic in the world only to listen to like 10, 15 minutes of just. <laughs> ridiculous banter yeah it's fun they need to get to know us so they know that we're not trustworthy with the topic that we're about to talk about uh and that topic is going to be brought to us by the letter n uh n is for nick nick it is your week because we're returning to our popular form and i bet you have a script and i bet it's multiple pages and i bet we completely destroy it so let's start the chaos as i throw it over to you nick it's your week it's your time to shine. Okay, guys. Uh, I did have something planned, <clears throat> as I always do. But I threw that out because I wanted to- <laughs> <laughs> So uh, by the time this episode releases, it will be October. Uh, that's known Ooh. as many of us have come to come to call it spooky season. Oh, I just came it's to a spooky. very sad realization that I don't get to make a spooky season episode because I already did my <laughs> October episode. I want you to have this episode if you want it. Just there it is no, for your time. Yeah, okay. Alex, if, if you want, you can take my next episode. No, you can have your spooky episode. Those are the <laughs> those are the easy ones because you get like 
what I don't know why, but if you we were attempting to encapsulate all things entertainment, right? So when I send out emails to like potential guests, I call us a pseudo time capsule of entertainment hmm. or like an audio mm-hmm. time capsule um, to like sort of file away or uh, to I can't think of the word. I had it, but now it's gone. Uh, but basically, we, we're trying to like cover everything that we find entertaining so that one day if people listen back. They're like, oh, this is what was entertaining back then. Or like, this is what mm-hmm. it was like back when this first came out or so on and so forth. Um, but that being said, it's it's hard to come up with topics, even though we can cover anything. But if you put like those like blinders on and you're like, OK, I can only cover Halloween related things. It's so much easier to come up with a topic for some reason, because it's like, oh, I can come up with something Halloween that hasn't been covered yet. Easy. But yeah, covering like all things gets difficult. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> this topic is uh, in the spooky, scary neighborhood for sure. Um, I wouldn't really call it horrific. It doesn't fit into the horror genre. It might to some people, but I wouldn't say it is. So. Before we jump into this, since this is like our first like Halloween themed episode, can we talk about how we're from a part of the country that doesn't enunciate when they say the word horror? Horror. Yes. Horror. It's two two syllables, right? I mean, when we say it, when we say it, it it gets confusing. And I will note that because if you're if you're if you're consciously thinking about it, you'll say horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you're not, then you'll say, oh, yeah, I love horror movies. And then it's like... H- horror movies? What? Would you Excuse say? me? <laughs> horror movies. Oh, oh. It's, it's the season for horror. So if you guys hear horror. us say that and you're like, what did they just say? We're attempting to say horror, but we're from a different part of the world. So <laughs> We don't have accents. Get out of here. It's false. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of the only words that we mess up. Well, I'm sure there's others, but anyways. The tail end of October, of course, uh, there's Halloween. It's the mythical holiday in which ghouls and goblins and everything in between come to your door and ask for candy. All Hallow's Eve. It's Hallow's Eve, yeah. I'm, of course, never officially home, so don't come knocking on my door. However, there is one particular Give us monster. your address right now. It is not Tony. <laughs> I almost did it, too. <laughs> Anyways, there's one particular monster that rules supreme throughout video games and media alike, and even my neighborhood, for that matter, and that is the zombie. The undead, those who have died and have somehow come back to life as a walking corpse. These lumbering creatures have made their experiences appearances throughout multiple films and video games just because they're easy to understand. And it's easy to put a label on them that just says the bad guy. And there's really no explanation needed. I mean, there's no complicated backstory that you need to tell about these monsters. It's just an ugly thing that you need to shoot or knife or do something and blow their head off. Something like that, preferably. And piggybacking off of this, there are these the concept of uh, Nazi enemies in video games. It's kind of the same deal here. We all agree they're bad, and most certainly deserving of a well-placed bullet. But what would happen if you combined the two of these enemies and made it into a thing? Well, then you'd get Nazi zombies in Call of Duty, and that's Ooh. the topic of today's episode. That was, that was almost algebra, so watch watch yourself. Because if we start going into math, we're going to cancel the podcast. <laughs> so one plus two is... No, I can't figure that out. Um, but yeah, one what time, the heck? One come math for six. Mm-hmm. 
Um, have you guys? <laughs> Sorry. That's simple addition, isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> Michael. Michael got me on that one. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, coming with them zingers." You'd have to put an X or a Y or something in there to make it algebra. Yeah. Um, of course, I knew that because I'm very smart. Um, <laughs> but do you guys play the zombies mode? You guys ever played this game of zombies on Call of Duty? Oh yes, 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 oh, yeah. yes. Oh yeah. Used to be the default way to play the old Call of Duty games. <laughs> yeah, forget multiplayer. That's where people went when they were good at the game. If you were just there to hang out and have fun with the boys, you were playing zombies yeah. and you were playing it exactly. all night long. Yep, <laughs> so damn true. I didn't yeah, want to think of it. It, like it started. That. It started back in like World at War, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then what was the one after that? Black Ops. Black Ops. Yep, that was the next game with zombies okay. in it. But the next game in the Call of Duty franchise was Modern Warfare 2. Right, right, right. So I played, I probably put over 800 hours into the original Nazi zombies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it would basically be me, my other friend, and then my biology teacher. We'd all play it every day after school. <laughs> Your biology yeah. teacher? That's yeah, so yeah. weird because I used to play Call of Duty zombies with my old English teacher. <laughs> 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 this was in high school, though. So yeah. uh, it was in high yeah, school for, for you, too. Yeah. 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 Um, Shout out, Mr. <laughs> I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> mm. One of my first experiences with uh, zombies was actually like, it wasn't even on a console. It was on an iPod Touch. What? And it was World at War. Oh, yeah. I played World at War on That's an iPod right. Touch. It was like one for one scaled. So, like, it was about as good as it was on any other console on hmm. the iPod Touch. And, like, your friends mm -hmm. could join you on your iPod Touch. All you had to do is, like, send them an invite via, like, a messenger. And you could do, like, multiplayer lobbies and everything. That's crazy. It was basically the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, I didn't play with any of my teachers because I'm not that cool, I guess, but kind of feeling left out because I knew I knew a teacher in there and in my high school that did have a gamer tag and we were, I think we were friends, um, but he That's never, weird. It didn't feel weird back then, but that no. is weird that all three of us had a teacher who like also played he was just like a, Xbox with us. Just I mean, bro. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's weird once it's like they played with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, he was, he was a cool guy. I thought he was cool. But looking back on it now, I was like, hmm. hmm. He didn't like ever send me an invite to a party or anything like that. It's just like, oh, look, Mr. So-and-so's on. She sent him an invite. He never responded. But <clears throat> I don't hold grudges here. It's okay. I remember being in a party with the teacher like every once in a while and just being like, is that Mr. So-and-so? He'd be like, call me so-and-so. And I'd be yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. all right. That's like you bad. weren't allowed to call them like Mr. Blank. Because like, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like at this point, it's like, yeah, we're we're hanging out as like work buddies, right? And that's <laughs> such a weird relationship to harbor. Call me Steve. Too. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think we all have fond memories of playing this in high school uh, with our friends, mm -hmm. maybe our teachers. But we had some crazy jokes in my friends group uh, and some ongoing bits, um, most of which I can't repeat on the air for a variety of reasons. But regardless, these games always Cancel put a smile on my face whenever I think of the good times we had shooting zombies and laughing with each other. Those are the days I thought would never end, uh, but here we are years later, and I wish I had played with them even more and uh, remembered some of our sessions, but hey, you don't know what you got till it's gone after all. Pave Paradise, put up a parking lot. <laughs> we still play Warzone together, you and I do, Nick. Mm -hmm, we have we a do. wild time on Warzone. Remember that time I drove us straight into the train? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was fun. We both died. That goes died. on my highlight reel. 
<laughs> it should. It had trains involved. Of course it is. You live by the train, you die by the train. That's what I always say. That's what you said as soon as it happened. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> true. So true. I just wanted to see the train. Alex drove really close to it and then... <laughs> I said, hold on. He said, what? And we hit the front of the train. <laughs> I just wanted to look at it. Gee, it's all I want to do. Uh, incredible. <laughs> I, tr- I tried playing with you all, but like every time I pl- every time I played, I was just reminded at like how good I used to be at Call of Duty and just how disappointing <laughs> it is now. You were still weirdly the best out of all of us, though, when we were Somehow, playing. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> well, so I used to play like semi-professionally in high school. That makes me want to throw up. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> Michael was a G boy. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Michael's like, like I, I, I only got eight headshots that game. I'm never playing again. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was. It was just like it's one of those things where it's like like the, it's a struggle I'm going through because I'm relearning how to play tennis right now. Where I used to play like very very competitively in like middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And I haven't played in like nine years and getting back into it. It's this feeling of like, I know that like I, I can do this, but my body is just not capable right now. Mm. And it's this feeling of like this disconnect between what I'm telling it to do and what it's actually outputting. And it's just like makes me just want to throw my head against a brick wall. Hey, you'll get there. It's all in due time yeah. and practice. I think playing Call of Duty and being good at it requires a certain level of like teenage twitchiness that I just don't have anymore. <laughs> like it's like teenage twitchiness and extra time both of those yeah combined and like yeah. a, a two-liter mountain dew that you just finished off and then you have that, that mm-hmm. the, the, the wall. well now it's now it's gamer fuel it's, yeah, now it's g fuel yeah, which is which is just pre-workout pretty much yeah <laughs> i yeah. found it uh strangely effective to instead of like being twitchy and trying to win i now just like use my D role-playing skills and role play that i am a soldier <laughs> so i'll like hide behind walls i'll be like go 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 and then we like turn around the wall and i'm like gah, gah, gah. and for some reason that's super like effective when you're playing Warzone. Huh. Uh, i don't know if that crosses over to zombies but i do know that if you just pretend that you're a soldier for some reason that'll carry you through most of the battle it's tactics man yeah but uh Another reason why I like to play zombies, both in the past and in the present, is that you can never really win. Uh, You just do a little better every time you play. So in other words, there's near infinite replayability. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention all the Easter eggs that have become increasingly Mm -hmm. complex since the start. And believe me, I just read through all of them and (laughs) it gets incredibly ridiculous. Um, But these kind of slowly reveal the lore that has been written into the zombies mode. And there is a ton of it. So much so that I can't possibly fit it all into one episode. So I'll limit myself to just talking about the first couple games that featured zombies that I played as just a young high school lad. That is um, Call of Duty World at War. I have some props here Mm -hmm. for the video guys out there. For the visual audience. That's a classic. You can get that that graded and probably sell it for a hefty uh, profit. I don't know if it still has the disc in it. Oh yeah, we're good. See everyone? <laughs> but anyways. Pop that in your PS5 and play it. I can't. It's an Xbox 360 game. I have a 360 oh, right here. I'm not going to turn the computer around and show you. Sorry. Yeah, you can maybe, if you if you go give it to GameStop, you can probably get a good $2 for it. <laughs> Two di- wow, that is incredibly <laughs> generous. Because right, they brought sell brought it used today. for 10 <laughs> 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 What a deal. How do they, how do, they yeah. do it? So generous. An Alex deal. Anyway, um, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, briefly, I wanted to breeze through the history of um, 
the 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 word zombie. The history of zombies. I love this. The this monster. Is, this, yeah. What a great way to start this. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna slide into it real real yeah. quick. Um, yeah, go into the the etymology of the word zombie. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. So, it. the word zombie, in air quotes here, is the fir- was first recorded in 1819 by uh, a history of Brazil by the poet Robert Southey in the form of zombie. That's without an e at the end, and it was actually referring to the Afro-Brazilian rebel leader named Zumbi, and the etymology of his name in Nzimbi. The Oxford English Dictionary gives the origin of the word as a Central African kind of neologism and compares it to the Congo words Nzambi, meaning God, and Zumbi, meaning fetish. Not like a sexual fetish. It's just like an object. Yeah. 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 There's other kinds of fetishes? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. It's kind of like a religious idolatry type of thing where you have a, Mm -hmm. yeah, kind of, kind of. It's like an object, like technically like a rosary can be considered like a fetish. Yes. Guys, let's just bulldoze through this one, huh? Okay. <laughs> Hold your commentary till the end. But <laughs> in Haitian folklore, that little island out in the middle of the Atlantic that we all know and love, a zombie comes from the Haitian French for zombie, again, without the E, and Haitian Creole, zombie, with an N. It's, a, it's an animated corpse that has been raised by magical means such as witchcraft. And this concept has also been popularly associated with the religion of voodoo, but it plays no part in the faith's formal practices. Right. So fast forward now to the year 1968. George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead is the one film Mm -hmm. that everyone points to as a popularizer of the zombie franchise, if you want to call it that. And it becomes one of the first films to show others how to make a good horror flick. And keep this guy in mind, because he's a mystery mask tool that'll help us out a little later. And after this, a mystery mouse <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> but after this, he makes some sequels. Other directors follow him in making these horror type zombie movies. And by the 1980s, my 1980s audiences were kind of bored with this. And you also see during the 1980s this rise of the Christian right um, in their moral panic, and they don't want their kids seeing these films or anything remotely demonic related. Ozzy Osbourne mm, goes to court. The heavy Nick, metal. What, what about Thriller by Michael Jackson? That got a little flack too, actually, believe it or not. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the demonic thing. Um, but then, you know, this the heavy metal music, it's a, it's a great cause for alarm with these well-to-do people. So, you know, zombie movies kind of dip in popularity over that time. And now we fast forward to the early 2000s, and video games are kind of leaving, leading this charge back into zombie land. Um, Resident Evil series is very popular around this time. And then you have films mm-hmm. like Shaun of the Dead and 28 Days Later. And then there's even Resident Evil films that come along. And then Zombieland, the actual movie, <laughs> not what I just mentioned before. But if we turn back the pages of time real quick, we once again return to the all too familiar period known as the late 2000s. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nostalgia time here. So what do you guys remember about pop culture and entertainment around this time? What kind of shows are you guys watching around this? You, you want us to say The Walking Dead, so I'm just going to say it. Okay, uh, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was nice watching. Try, but no. <laughs> no, I watched it. It's okay. Uh, the late 2000s. God, that I don't know because it feels like I could name like something that came out three years ago. <laughs> I was watching like Heroes was... for sure. Heroes, okay. You remember Heroes? You know Lost, Scrubs. Scrubs was a Scrubs big thing. Scrubs was a big one. Then. Yeah. Um... Parks and Rec, maybe? The Marvel Cinematic Universe was just kicking off. Yep. That's Iron right. Man. That was the, the only movie I had on my iPod video. Nice. Very <laughs> good choice. <laughs> yeah. 
I forget that was a thing. There's so much stuff that I just forget about the past and it's kind of sad to be honest, but, um, yeah. Live and let oh, live. that's right. How I met your mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what shows I was into, but like around <clears throat> 2010 or 2012, of course we have the walking dead, <laughs> which I was uh-huh. into hardcore. I'd get home every day yep. from college and I'd flip on the TV. I was like, Oh, I can't miss this. Can't miss the walking dead. I got to see what so Rick and Coral are doing. Um, yeah, Rick, Coral, and Shane. <laughs> Shane. <laughs> Such a good show. Um, yeah. But I'd like to tie this into like the whole um, apocalypse genre, if we can even call that a genre. But mm-hmm. it was the upcoming yeah. Mayan calendar ending in 2012. You remember that? Everyone thought, oh, the world yep. is ending. The world's going to end. History Channel was rolling the Nostradamus thing nonstop. And then out of this, you got to get like the rugged survival shows that I was into. Preppers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just like to toy with the idea of society collapsing and me going out there and fighting against the elements, but that's no At way to right live. the ripe age of 15 yeah, for like, me. <laughs> what am I going like, to do? Come oh, on yeah, now. 15, I can fire a gun. I can fight <laughs> zombies. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I've read, I I've read Hatchet. Now we're I've like in Hatchet. a real pandemic and I'm scared to death like of everything. <laughs> and like to to avoid the zombie apocalypse would be just terribly difficult you come to realize after going no, through what we've do been it. through yeah like because just the the spread rate of it you'll end up with it like no one ever questions everyone's like oh i could survive a zombie apocalypse but no one ever asks like how did all those zombies get there to begin with really like, there was a large <laughs> there was a large population of people who was just like i just got the flu and then they turned undead so like you're gonna end up being <laughs> one of those guys probably that's yeah. like 60 percent of us are gonna be them so you know hedge your bets yeah, wear a mask too. I mean, <laughs> but do I have to say it even more? And if they come out with a zombie vaccine, I don't know. Give it a try. Maybe give it a go. Maybe give it a shot if you would excuse if, the pun. If uh, if if they're like, hey, if you take this shot, you won't turn into a zombie. Maybe don't. don't? <laughs> maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't. Uh, maybe don't say it. It doesn't work. Maybe don't do those things. You anyway, let's keep case. going. You get a mild case of the zombie disease. That's it. It's fine. Anyways, <laughs> we're off our rockers, folks. That took a turn for the worst. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I had this fantasy where like, I'd go to the nearest army depot and then get all the weapons. And Where's Humvees. the nearest army depot to you right now, Nick? There's a national guard yeah. depot in Lebanon, Ohio. That's the only one I know. <laughs> and even that it's like the national guard. It's not like the real army. So they don't have like the most up-to-date tech and all that, but and that's plus just a they're, fantasy. They're not going to, they're not going to let you in. <laughs> I'll knock really loud. Be like, Please. <laughs> I'll be like, no. Okay, I tried. I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch Netflix now. Um, <laughs> but around this time period in the in the late 2000s, I think the uh, the emo look I remember being really popular with the the ladies in high school had like the the dark eyeliner and the black fingernail polish and all that. Um, I was kind of into that. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't I didn't wear the the eyeliner or the makeup or anything. Just just to be clear, I went to a private school. They wouldn't allow that. But um, <laughs> there's the there's a whole death metal scene. I remember Corn being really popular. Everyone knew the Down with the Sickness song by uh, whoever that was. And Zombies. Disturbed. Disturbed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 zombies seemed to be everywhere, no matter where you looked. There was a zombie this. There was an undead that. And I'm not going to suggest for one minute that Call of Duty started any of this obsession with the undead, but just know that it's a contributing factor to this cultural time period in which we lived through. And that popularity kind of spilled over to television. 
little later with The Walking Dead coming out in like 2012, I think it was, which is a show, like I mentioned before, that I used to watch absolutely religiously back in the day. And that even spilled over into Minecraft, I'd argue, where one of the first enemies implemented in the game was a zombie. And it's once again easy to understand that these NPCs are bad and you must slay them because after all, you see a blocky blob coming forth with these arms outstretched like that. You're like, yeah, I'm probably going to stab it with my sword. So that pretty much brings us up to speed with the Call of Duty World at, War, World at War's release date on the heels of this this banger of a game called Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, just a game just a year before. Um, Call of Duty returned once again to their bread and butter, which was World War II. That's kind of the subject matter where they got famous, like Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3 all mm-hmm. dealt with, you know, the second great war, if you want to call it that. So let's go to the idea for zombies. You had Call of Duty World at War coming out in 2008. Zombies was developed by the developers in their spare time. They thought this would be cool to have in the game. It wasn't like a top-down mandate from Activision executives. They just thought it'd be something that would be fun. And it was possibly inspired from what I've read about their motion capturing actors on like a soundstage. And they had one of them get pretended to be blown up by a shell and he flopped over or he walked staggeredly or something like that. And they were like, oh, that kind of looks like a zombie. So Hmm. it's a dubious claim. I'll be honest, but... It sounds legit. Sounds legit. Activision executives did eventually play this prototype of zombies and they saw how good it was. And they thought that, you know what? It'd probably be best not to market this or even see it from the main menu. Because you have to remember how the Call of Duty World War menu was laid out. It was just, I think it was like campaign multiplayer credits or something like that. There wasn't zombies. There wasn't zombies on the main menu. Can you imagine that today? It's just, they brushed it under the rug. It was this thing that was unlocked after you beat campaign. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of bizarre to think about. (laughs) Yeah, because you beat the campaign, and then once the credits finish up, you get a cutscene of the zombies raising from the dead and crawling towards like a like a base or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bunker. Um, I remember the cutscene because I just watched it today. But (laughs) you're uh, (laughs) you're like breathing heavy. Your character's like, (gasps) and there's a down plane right next to you, and it's really foggy out, really gray, and you you see this lumbering mass out in the distance, like kind of staggering towards you. And then you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. It fades to black. And then what do you see? Big, bold, blood letters, Nazi zombies. You're like, oh, shit, what is this? (laughs) Yep. I knew what it was before. I'm going to be playing this game for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Until I'm at least uh, 28. We'll give it another year. Why not? Um, (laughs) Yeah, you and I still play zombies. I was about to say, you and I played zombies within the last year. I ball hard on that, yeah. I was playing a little, um, what's the latest map called? Mauer de Toten or something like that. It's the latest zombies map. You should go play it. I'd recommend it. We can get to that, that at the, the one, end. Is that the one that I played with you all like twice? That no, was, I don't uh, think so. That was the first map that was released. Oh, so there's another new one. There's three maps out now, yeah. For, oh, for Call of Duty Cold War. <laughs> it takes a minute to get, get used to, that's for sure. But it all starts with this progenitor map, if I may give it a, a two-cent word. It's called um, Noctider Untoten which is Night Mm -hmm. of the Undead. I hope I pronounced that right. I don't know. I'm not German. But it's the simplest map. It's the first map of this series that blew up in popularity. So you get through that that cutscene, and and briefly, there's the the mechanics of the game that I need to go into. So yeah, there's, there's wave after wave. There's waves of these zombies. And with each passing wave, the zombies get more and more difficult and faster and more lethal. So when it gets to like the past like round 20 or 15 or something like that, they can 
pretty much one hit kill you. <laughs> and they can outrun you even when you're sprinting. And then you start off with like a base gun. It's like a pistol or something like that. And there's mm-hmm. these guns that you can buy off the wall for points that you get from killing the zombies. And then there's also a mystery box, which you can get a random gun from. That might be a minor mystery mask tool that'll help us later, but we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> but I think that's pretty much it. There's, it's, it's just a really simple shoot em up round based game. That's all yeah. there is to it. There, yeah. And there was like the whole notion that you like, in order to like get to other parts of the map, you had to like unblock certain areas. Yeah. You had to by buy a door. Points. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a, there was an economy to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really, it really was. And it was all about like, I remember it was the first time in my life where I ever like was worried about like, how do I distribute points? Like what gets me the most points? Like that sounds getting a really scientific. Five yeah. shots and a knife got you the most points at level one. It's true. It did. Yep. I remember that. I never one, did two, that. One, two, three, four, five, knife. One, two, three, four, five, knife. I don't know how many times I said that into a microphone. I didn't do that. I didn't do it. I couldn't, I didn't have the patience for it. I was just like, can I just kill this thing and get on with my life? But that changed later on, as we'll find out. <clears throat> but it's a really simple game. It's a really simple gameplay loop, as a, a developer might call it. So we move forward a little more in time and we get to this, uh, these other maps that are released as part of a, a DLC. So yeah. clearly Nazi zombies is popular enough to warrant another map being created. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they, they can check that or anything like that. I don't think there was SEO back in that day, but anyways, that's a discussion for another time. Um, you have the second map called Verrucht, which means insane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember that map. <laughs> I don't know why this is one of the maps that like, I definitely remember playing. Mm-hmm. It's basically set in an insane asylum. Mm, I remember this one now. So yep. yeah, the it, it kind of leans on this thing that Nazi Germany did a lot of experiments on live human test sleep subjects. studies and stuff. Oh, uh, it wasn't sleep study. <laughs> no, like they would keep people awake to see how long they could keep them awake until they like died. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. probably one of the, the German sleep studies. Yeah, uh, I got. Got pretty crazy. Um, but anyways, this is one of the first yeah. maps with uh, a power switch. I remember having to turn on the electricity yes. in the rooms. And before that, it's kind of that, like that's dark. a staple. It's a staple. It turns into one of those staples. It's not all the maps have a power switch, but a large majority we have to of them turn do. Turn on the power. <laughs> nice Nikolai impression. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, right off the bat, they're like your characters say, "Hey, we got to turn on the power," however they say it. But Treyarch, the developer of this game, says, "Hey, boys, let's see if they." like zombies even more. So they threw this DLC map into the mix and now we have to pay to play more zombies and it's well worth the big bucks for Activision, I'd say. Mm -hmm. There are a couple other multiplayer maps in the mix, but we don't care about those. (laughs) Now, around this time, people start wondering, like, why are we killing these zombies? I know they're bad guys. I know they're Nazis. I know they're zombies. Why are we killing them again? How do they get this way? So then you start to see like the beginnings of a story being created after this map is released. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of well known that Nazi Germany uh, did many experiments on live human test subjects, which is incredibly immoral, especially those people that were placed in insane asylums for any number of reasons. And this map, Verrucht, kind of shows that all of those bloody details that maybe we didn't want to see. Blood on the operating table, there's giblets everywhere, there's electroshock therapy rooms, the list goes on and on, and it's pretty gruesome and pretty scary, uh, for lack of a better word. This is one of the first maps that I played that was, I was actually kind of like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, ew. 
Well, and I think a lot of it is also due to the fact that, like, that entire map is, like, just tight-knit hallways. Yep. So, like, you felt like the zombies were constantly on top of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a a sweaty palm moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) throughout. Your your controller ended up covered in sweat after these games. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For one reason or another, it was just, ooh, you're just tense all the time, and... It always it always ended with like three of your friends down. You're yep. the only one running, <laughs> yeah. and you would say something along the lines of like, "Guys, I can't get you up. I can't get you up. Yep. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." <laughs> Profusely apologizing, like, "I can't revive you. I'm sorry." And they just keep going. You just have to survive this round. I have enough points. I can hit the box when I get back. I can hit yeah. the box. And and this one was the first one that introduced like actual characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, yeah, because no, in the in the first map, it was all just like regular Marines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this one, I believe it was like, I believe this one had actual like Tank Dempsey, Tank, Nikolai. Okay, so Tank Dempsey was only in this map, and then you had three other like American Marines. Mm. Oh, it's not until okay. this map, Shino Numa. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the remake in Black Ops. Yep. <laughs> um. Black Ops 3, I think, was the remake. Or Black Ops 1, yep. I'm sorry. So you have Shino Numa. That's the next map. That's the third map of zombies ever released. And that's the like out outback woods one. It's a swamp. It's yeah, yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a woods kind of swampy area. Literally in Japanese, it means swamp of death. So it's pretty cool, I guess. Um, But (laughs) we kind of have this thing where they once again tie it back to the real life lore of World War II. Once again, with uh, there's this Japanese unit that's stationed stationed out of China. It's called Unit Seven Thirty One, and we don't have to get into it too bad but once again they're experimenting on humans um Mm -hmm. and there's these japanese experimenting on humans in world war ii there was a lot of that yeah captain america came out of it (laughs) that's not true well i guess that did happen now this one is the one that introduced the characters for the first time right yes okay so you have all those characters our our beloved nikolai tank dempsey um Mm -hmm. rictifin and dr rictifin take uh yeah, Takeo, Takeo Masaki. Takeo. Yep. So there's our there's our four dudes. Those those are gonna be the characters that follow us throughout <laughs> this timeline. A whole bunch of guys that are just really endearing. But so Unit Seven Thirty One exists, and they do all these evil and cruel things. If you got a strong stomach, you should go read some of those things that happened. It's it's really bad. But it just goes to show that in World War Two, I think both sides were really desperate to win the war because in nineteen forty four, when it rolls around. All the sides are like depleted of all their cash and resources and they're kind of like sitting here fighting this stalemate war. They're just holding out just to hold out. And and here comes America and in June 6th and they storm the beaches and then Germany gets even more and more desperate. So it's 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 a time of desperation on the Axis powers. But this is tied into the game where it's reflected as uh, group 937, who is the group who is uh, responsible for the creation of the zombies in the first place. And this mm-hmm. is the first piece of lore that's introduced with this with this map, Shino Numa. You can see their emblem, I think, on a couple of doors and stuff like that. But anyways, this is one of the first maps where we once again are introduced to our characters. You you got an American tank, Tank Dempsey. Mm-hmm. He has kind of has this like deep gravelly voice, uh Takeo, who is this a Japanese soldier. Nikolai um Reznov, is that, is that his last name? I forget his uh, last name. Nikolai no, uh, <laughs> Nikolai Belinsky. Yep. Yeah, he's always making comments about vodka, you know, very st- stereotypical yeah, yeah. Russian. Rick <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who's a who's a Nazi German guy, um, mm-hmm. he's always making typical German <laughs> remarks, I guess. Yeah, and he's he's 
I believe if I remember correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he was directly involved in a lot of the like the lore behind the scenes and oh, like, yeah. creating the zombies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in and group nine thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, and he was the one who made the um, like the the pistol, the plasma pistol, or the laser pistol, and like the wonder waffle, the ray gun. Yeah, the wonder waffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the ray gun, the ray gun, Ooh, all that. Ooh, you wanted that ray gun bad. You get oh, yeah. that out of the mystery that box, ray gun, like, I'm set, dude. <laughs> that ray gun was the equivalent of having like Heelys. Like when you got the ray gun, you were the shit. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you called it out. As soon as yeah. you got it, you were playing with your friends or you were playing with just like some random guys from your school and you get the ray gun. You'd be like, guys, I got the ray gun. Keep me up. And suddenly you're everyone's yeah. friend. You're everybody's friend when you got the ray gun. Oh, yeah. I remember screaming to that little like Xbox Live mic. Oh, I got a ray gun. Yeah, or like you wouldn't even say, oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm going to pack a punch the ray gun. I'm going to double pack a punch the ray gun. <laughs> <laughs> the oh the Ronald God. Ray gun, that's what we used to call it. Do you get it? Ronald yeah, Ray. that sounds like you and your friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really change all that much, and that's kind of scary, but No, nah, it's great. <laughs> One of the things about our most beloved characters in the game, they're they're making a, uh, an appearance and they actually have backstories. Each one of them has like a backstory that they kind of mm-hmm. just briefly talk about um as they're fighting these zombies. But it doesn't really hit its like backstory stride until the next map, of course. You have the Wonderwolf, which is German for Wonder Weapon. <laughs> I think one of the characters in the map called it a, a Wonder Waffle. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny. But basically it's like a it's like a Tesla cannon. It it shoots like this beam of electricity and it can arc from zombie to zombie and it can take out like a whole swath of them, which is really great. Especially in those yeah, later but, maps. But but the thing was like you had to make sure they were far enough away or else you got electrocuted too. Yep. <laughs> It would arc to you and zap you. This yep. is the first I've heard of this, so I'm sure I died to that many a times. <laughs> I didn't know it could arch back to you. Yeah, you'd <laughs> you'd hear your friend going, "Oh man, that's bullshit," <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> they get down by it. It's always bullshit when you get down. You know, it's never your mm-hmm. fault. <laughs> it's always your fault. Let's be honest. But oh, there's also a cool looking meteorite just outside the map, and that is our first introduction to Element One One Five which is how these normal people, normal test subjects, whatever you want to call them, are turned into zombies. Mm. So that becomes a very important part of the story. A quick side note, um, in real life, element 115 is known as Moscovium, and it's what's called a super heavy element. It doesn't appear naturally in Earth or among the stars. Instead, it's synthesized in a lab by smashing atoms together, and thus only produced very small amounts, on the order of like 100 atoms or so. Mm -hmm. So... And it, once it's been synthesized, it's only around for 0.65 seconds. Half-life. Oh, so it it basically doesn't exist. <laughs> it pretty much doesn't exist except in very, very small quantities for a very, very short amount of time. So what's in what, labs. what good is it? It's not. People just like to do science with super heavy elements. It's it's like an entire they're, branch. They're just like, hey, this this is it. This happens sometimes. <laughs> There's there a whole go. different thing where they prove it. They go through all these proofs like... Well, if you look at the decay of this, uh, clearly it was in here. Um, it's, you know, high-minded chemistry folks that I'm too dumb to converse with. So anyways, I just had to throw that out there that, yes, it is a real thing. Element 115 has been uh, discovered, and no, you cannot use it to do anything useful. So <laughs> let's fast forward in time. We have the fourth pack of DLC maps comes out for Call of Duty World War. We're kind of hitting a stride with zombies. Der Rice comes out, which is also... We translate yes. this into English. It's the giant. 
This is the one that I put almost all oh, yeah. of my time. This was the one with like the main Easter egg, right? Yep. Like was, the big Easter egg. It was one of the first maps with like the big overarching story um, being revealed, mm-hmm. I guess, or something like that. Because if I remember correctly, you had to summon a giant zombie or something like that. I don't recall that much. I don't. Yeah, I don't. That might be that. later. Th- this is the one. This is the one that it had like yep. the big teleporters. Yep. Oh, uh, you had to hook them up yeah. to the mainframe. Like that was the and first it, thing you did. You yeah. Turn on the power. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You turn on the power and then you hook up all the teleporters and you had to go to each yep. individual and one. Hit the, hit yeah. the, boop the thing, and then you could boop teleport yep. back. That's how you activated the Pactor Punch. You mm-hmm. first had to turn on the power, then yes. you linked all the teleporters together. There's three of them, I think. All in separate parts of the map, mm-hmm. and uh, you linked them up to the main thing, and then the door opened up, and there was a backup punch machine. Yeah, this was the map too that introduced the uh, the monkey bombs. I think monkey bombs. Yep, that makes the first appearance here. I love those. Yeah, the monkey grenades. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember there was a Easter egg for this one where there was like a a furnace, and if you threw the monkey bombs yep. like into the furnace, uh, a little girl's voice Ooh. came over, and it was just like like. What are you doing to Mr. Monkey? He just wanted yep. to play. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I hated that. <laughs> but that happened. But we find out who that little girl is later on. You sure do. That's that's a little Easter egg. It, it's an actual Easter egg. It's not part of the story. I don't know why they call the story Easter eggs and they should just call it separate things. But anyways, that's a point of contention. But easily, I think this is one of our all-time favorite maps, right? I don't think that's, mm-hmm. that's controversial in any measure of the word, but I played this a ton it's kind of a sweet spot in our lifetimes where it was right before our friends got real jobs and cars and places to go. And we, all we had to do was sit at home and do our homework or not do it in my case. But <laughs> you have this creepy little girl voice that happens. And this is the first real lore that gets, gets fleshed out into the, uh, the Call of Duty cinematic universe. This little girl's name is Samantha Maxis, and she's the daughter of Ludwig Maxis, who is the leader of Group 937 in Germany. It's it's a really convoluted process. This thing is called uh, the flytrap, the the flytrap Easter egg. You say that, and anyone will be like, "Oh, I know how to do that." It's it's relatively simple compared to later on maps. But uh, right off the bat, you have to take a pack a punch weapon. The player must shoot a panel down an alleyway near a mainframe and animal test laboratories, and you have to throw a grenade while holding an upgraded weapon. After this, eight objects will fly out in a ring and spread across the map, and they can be found in three set locations. There's a teddy bear with a bowie knife found above uh, a wall gun. There's another mm-hmm. teddy bear holding a jugger and an og bottle. And there's a monkey bomb holding a, a grenade and a Molotov cocktail found in the furnace near the Thompson. The player must shoot these items. The weapon does not have to be upgraded every time an item was found. As when initiating the Easter egg, Samantha Maxis will speak to the player when shooting a panel and she will giggle and say, I want to play a game. Let's play hide and, se- and, and seek. And then... After finding the first item in no particular order, she says, yay, you found one. Second one says, yay, you found another one. The last item she says, you win, game over. She says all these in like kind of the sweet, excited tone, except for the last one where she sounds a little pissed, a little angry. So that's cool, I guess. It's a little scary thing. Hmm. It's That's all it is in the first, <laughs> in, in this first installment of like the, the zombie lore. You don't find out any more than that. It's mm-hmm. just like this weird thing that happens and- I don't know. Demonic little girls are always scary. That's gonna, <laughs> that's not going to change. <laughs> so let's fast forward uh, once again to uh, 2010, where we have Call of Duty Black Ops being released. The first installment of Black Ops after, uh, I think, four have been released now. 
they're up to Black Ops 4. They're probably going to make a Black Ops 5 in the future. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's unfortunate. But all the maps that were ever made for Call of Duty World at War, they're, they're all in the past. We have the DLCs. Even when Modern Warfare 2 is out, I, I always popped in World at War to go play Zombies with the guys, <laughs> just because that's the way things are. Modern Warfare 2 is obviously still a banger, but uh, Zombies are back once again in an, in an Activision Treyarch uh, game published thing. And the first map available on the base game, I don't recall if you have to beat the campaign to play this one or not, but it's called Kino Der Toten, which is uh, Theater of the Undead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, yes. this, is, this was this was my bread and butter. I'm a couple years younger than you guys. Okay. As we've mentioned, this is this is what me and my friends played unendingly was this exact map. Yeah, I remember I played this one quite a bit, but like it never hooked me the same. Uh, I think this is actually like the real last like Nazi zombies game that I ever really played. Really? That's unfortunate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I <laughs> kind of stopped this playing was, after. This was my bread and butter. I remember everything about this map. I remember yeah. um, people thinking that if you knife the zombie flag it, in the starting area, it gave you quick knife. Uh, I remember <laughs> they would tell you, throw your that. grenades at the chandeliers in the starting area because then you get more chandeliers in later levels. And like, hey, we're going to try to do the Easter egg where I jump down the steps and I go down. I need you to help me up once zombies start spawning. <laughs> or like, I'm going to dive in this corner and go down and that's part of an Easter egg. Or like, grab this meteorite in the corner. That's part of it, you yeah. know? Yeah, so so the last map, if I remember right, there was like an upgrade system where you could get like a golden version of the gun, right? Oh, and uh, Durace? I believe so. I don't remember that. You might be right. I, mean, I don't know. I know in the newest this, one you do for sure. Yeah. Right. But but then in like this one, this is the first one that you had like an actual like true upgrade mechanism where like you get like real benefits, not just like a more powerful gun. Hmm. Yeah. This one you got like you could get like a laser sight and you could yeah. get like mm-hmm. different actual power ups and like actual attachments to the guns when you stuck them through the pack a punch. That's machine. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because originally you could just put the gun in the pack a punch machine. and It's a little more powerful when it goes pew pew. Hey, Nick, why yeah. haven't we talked about the sodas? The sodas? Yeah. The sodas. Oh, I forgot the about power ups. I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. In Verukt, there is um, there's power ups mentioned. Uh, I think the original four like Juggernog, which gives you more mm-hmm. more more health, obviously, because Juggernaut yep. is a a big powerful being. There's Double Tap Cola, a root beer, uh, which makes your gun shoot twice as fast. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's Speed Cola, quick, yeah, Quick Revive, and Quick Revive, and those are the main four, I think. I remember yeah. uh, there was the Juggernog song in the theater was <laughs> reach it for Juggernaut. <laughs> and then if you were playing as uh, Nikolai, he said, reach it for vodka tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the characters like have these funny memories. lines. Just like yeah. one-liners that they say just off off the cuff. It's really fun. Uh, there's a couple other perks introduced later on. Uh, Der Wonder Fizz is in the new Call of Duty game. Uh, PhD Flopper is introduced in <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek to reference to a a certain organ that a male has and then there's uh there's a couple others that i don't remember but i'm sure we'll get to those later <laughs> <laughs> so uh kino der toten back to this now this is one of the first maps where the crawler zombies are introduced not only do you have the oh. hellhounds which were in Doris, which are these like fiery dog beings that chase you down 
There's like mm-hmm. an entire round dedicated to them. It's kind of like a break from the zombies, which I, I certainly do welcome. And then there's the the lore that follows Kino der Toten, which is uh, our brave characters have been teleported here after overloading the teleporter from Duris, causing mm-hmm. them to time travel to 1963. So there's our first time jump, and there's several more throughout the series that I probably won't get to tonight, but um, <laughs> it gets very confusing very fast because there's characters going forward and backward in the time, and then they replace each other, and it's a, it's an ordeal for sure. Um, read it if you have spare time and you have the spare brain power. The second map included in the base game is five, which is set in the Pentagon, and the Pentagon has how many sides, boys and girls? Six. Uh, no. no, Five. Okay, yeah, okay, there we go, five. (laughs) But five is uh, one of the personal favorite maps of mine because uh, it's a slight diversion from the original storyline as the characters are political figures in the 1960s, which, as you know, I was 20 uh, around that time. Oh, I do remember this one, yes. (laughs) Okay, we haven't lost Michael yet, that's good. Yeah. The four characters are... You got to play as John F. Kennedy in this. JFK, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, Ronald Reagan (laughs) was one of them? Nope. I thought he was. No, not Ronald nope. Reagan. Not Ronald Reagan. Um, Juan Wagon. Not Ronald Re- Not Juan the Wagon. Um, Stalin definitely was. Nope. What? <laughs> You're 0 for 4. No, or 1 I for 4, JFK. I guess. Uh, I can't remember the president who's like, I am not a crook, but that guy was in it. Richard Nixon. That's Tricky Dick. Yeah, Richard Nixon. Yep. That was it. Nixon was in yeah. it. I think it was... you're thinking of your your John F. Kennedy, Richard Nixon, Fidel mm-hmm. Castro. Fidel Castro. That too. And then fucking, I don't yeah. remember who the other one is. The fourth one is uh, a titan among people in the mid 20th century. He is Robert McNamara. Who? Don't know who that is. <laughs> Robert McNamara is the Secretary of Defense under John F. Kennedy. He's um, right. he's a really interesting guy. Um, I've watched his documentary called The Fog of War. Oh. where he's like reflecting on the Vietnam War and how we got involved in all that. But yeah, he's involved with that. <laughs> he was one of the quote unquote whiz kids from the 1940s who mm. helped revive like Chrysler, Jeep and Dodge and Ford to become one of the power players in the automotive industry today. And very analytical kind of like nerdy guy uh, from that time. And he analyzes all these things. And anyways, that's that's his lore. <laughs> so there you go. Free history lesson. Uh, it's on the house. But I think the only way to unlock this map was to complete the campaign or just have a friend that did and send you an invite um, so you didn't have to play it. But uh, it's the first map custom made for this new engine in Black Ops. So it's all set in the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. It's set in like the lower levels of the secret levels that normal people aren't allowed to walk. I'm not allowed to walk into the Pentagon. I don't think any of us are. I just realized that. Nope. You'll never see the inside. Just forget it. Um, <laughs> unless you're in the game, of course. But it shows a clear refinement of the mechanics compared to like the first maps of the series. So this time around, the zombies are available from the very start. Everyone knows it from the very start of the main menu. Everyone sees, oh, zombies, I can play zombies. It might be grayed out when you first upload the game or whatever. But everybody knows it right off the bat. Mm -hmm. It's popular as hell. So one of the things you have to do within this map is you have to lower the DEFCON level. The DEFCON is uh, standing for Defense Readiness Condition. Uh, I don't know why they shortened it to DEFCON, but it's basically how ready our armed forces are for warfare. Uh, DEFCON 1, when you arrive, translates to total nuclear war being imminent or occurring actively. And fun fact, our current DEFCON level is 4, indicating the U.S. forces are above normal level level of readiness. So there's five levels, five being like the, the most chill. People are like, oh, we're ready, but not that ready. <laughs> so 4 is like, we're, we're kind of ready. 
Four, and one is like, four is like, yeah, we're good to go, but we'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> There's code names for this in NATO. Like, uh, two is cocked pistol. Um, five is fade out. These, these cool, like, military names for all of these And things, then one so. is shots fired. <laughs> one is officer down. Oof. <laughs> uh, so third map, here we go. Ascension. It's the first DLC map, and it has this giant rocket and, like, the... The far off distance. AMC or something like to that. the moon. Now that's next. Thank you for your stonks. Um, <laughs> it takes place in an abandoned Soviet cosmodrome, and there's the first uh, map where space monkeys are introduced, who have replaced the Pentagon thief in Hellhounds rounds. That was a weird thing that I remember about five. Is there's like that weird mad scientist guy that stole your. Mm-hmm. Shit. He's called the Pentagon thief, as I found out later. But wow, didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if that's it's probably based off a real person that stole secrets from the government, but. That's just speculation, of course. It's a game theory. If I can, can I say that? It's just a theory. It's a game theory. Thanks it's so much for entertaining guys. us. <laughs> There's uh, two new wonder weapons, which make their debut. There's the Gersh device, which opens up like a black hole and sucks everyone in. And there's the uh, Matryoshka doll, both of which are tactical grenades. So you hold them in your tactical grenades. This map also features a Russian cosmonaut, scientist, and military and civilian zombies. However, gas zombies do not return. And that's another thing to mention about five is the zombies take on this like 1960s, um, either military or scientists garb. So they aren't, I guess they're not technically Nazi zombies. They're just kind of zombies at this point, which might reflect the change later on in the other games, but people just didn't want to say Nazi anymore. So, so you travel to the Soviet cosmodrome. Our four main characters are back. Once again, we have Nikolai and Tank Dempsey and all that. So they're back. They time travel. Continuing the story. They time travel once again to 1963. Group 935 has set up a uh, a Kino f- facility and it has a lunar lander in it. They have to go to this Russian cosmodrome to recover Richtofen's diary. So he dropped it. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Uh, this map uh, once again introduces the Easter egg plot with uh, something called the Casimir mechanism. And once again, it's a long and convoluted process to accomplish it. I'm not sure how anyone really figured it out, but basically a scientist named Gersh is trapped inside uh, his device, and you have to get him out of it. So after doing some things and jumping through hoops and whatever else, you you do this, and you soon return to the... Uh, the screen will turn black and white, and Samantha, our old friend, the, the little girl, screams, come find me. When her scream ends, the screen goes back to color, and the node puzzle is complete. Mm. So once again, it's one of those scary things. It's like, what? what? How does this fit into the story? It's explained later on, of course, but the second DLC map here is Call of the Dead. You, you see what I did there with the Mystery Mask tool? Because mm-hmm. it's by George A. Romero, yep. mm-hmm. the director. This. Here we go. So it's yet another departure from the original storyline, which I really don't mind. Uh, but this time we got some celebrities. We got some actors playing themselves in, in a video game, which is, <laughs> I guess, kind of meta. But the celebrities in no particular order are Sarah Michelle Geller, who I think is in Buffy... Vampire Slayer or something like that. I could be wrong. Robert England, who I think is important. Oh my um, God, we're an entertainment podcast. <laughs> I don't follow these celebrities. I just know they said funny things on a game that I used to play a long time ago. <laughs> you get Michael Roker, Rooker, who uh, I think is in the the uh, the Marvel Disney Plus series with with the person. He, I don't know. Michael, I, I recognize his voice. Michael Roker was... In Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. 
He was. I was drawing a blank. He was also in The Walking Dead for a very long time. Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? Um. So that's an even even better reason to put him in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah, his voice sounded familiar. He's the guy who plays Yondu. Yeah, he plays Yondu. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yondu is the person I know from like recent history. I was like, how did I miss The Walking Dead? Was he was he in like season four or something? Because uh, no, he's in season one. He's uh he's um who's the the guy with the, the guy crossbow? With the crossbow. It's his brother. I don't know. Yeah, but he's in season one, and he is like the big jackass that everyone hates. But you assume he gets killed. But then yeah, he gets you learn left that on he, a roof. Yeah, he gets left on a he's roof. But then Daryl Dixon's brother. Oh, yeah. But then the you find out. Guy. Yeah, then you find out that like he just cut his hand off because he was uh, he was That's handcuffed brutal. up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then he just like cut his hand off, escaped, and ended up uh, getting safety with the mayor. And he got sword hand. Yeah. That's right. Huh. Sarah Michelle wow, was was from Buffy and the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, uh, okay, she was, so she was right. Buffy, but she was also Daphne yep. in Scooby Doo, which is important. The real life, the real life Scooby Doo movies. Oh yeah, the Scantily Clad. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> guess you the, do. Who's, who's the other actor? Oh, uh, Danny Trejo. Who's that? You don't know who Danny Trejo is? <laughs> okay, come great. on, man. <laughs> well, he's my shit there. <laughs> He's uh yeah he's you know the, the kind he's of stereotypical the, he's, he's the uh, uncle from day. Spy Kids. Uncle that's, yeah, that's the only thing I know him from. <laughs> from he he uh, was yeah, Machete as the uncle in Spy Kids. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like in canon he is actually Machete. Mm-hmm. Whew, Spy Kids is another episode I might have to do. Maybe you guys will do it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, George A. Romero also makes an appearance as a special boss zombie that spawns before the first round. And he's like this, he's an Uber zombie and it takes forever to kill him. And he gets angry and then you have to put him in the water to cool him off. So mm-hmm. yeah. And he, he hits you with That's his, uh, his lights. <laughs> he does he took the, the superhero serum and then mm-hmm. turn him into a big old gross zombie monster. Yep. Yep. I think the beginning cutscene is like the zombies attack and they think it's just part of the movie. That yeah. He's Cause making, they're filming but, uh, like a zombie movie. It's pretty cool. Pretty nuts. The zombies carry him off into the distance, and then you see him in the game, the actual game, as a as a lumbering behemoth. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, the original characters are actually in this, but they're not playable. Uh, they're trapped in behind like a vault door as part of an Easter egg in this map. And the the players, your your actors, have to help these original characters escape to paradise in an Easter egg called uh, Stand In or Ensemble Cast. So. Once again, it's a long, convoluted process. There's multiple steps. There's an ancient artifact you have to get called a golden rod. You send it down a pipe to the trapped characters, and that allows them to travel to the next map called... Anyone? Go ahead. This is okay, where... Shangri-La. Yeah, this yeah, is Shangri-La. where I come. I just stopped playing Call of Duty, so I do not I remember actually, anything. I know these maps, but yeah. I don't know much about them until you start talking about them. Yeah, this, this map is like a a black area in my brain for some reason. It's just like my brain wasn't recording when we were playing these maps. Maybe it's just because we didn't play them as often, but Shangri-La is kind of one of those maps that I had difficulty remembering because as you know, human memory is flawed. I remember it being like a jungle map. (laughs) It's jungle and there's like a temple in it. Mm -hmm. Basically the four main playable characters from before plays them again. It shouldn't surprise you. They're here. They're back from Call of the Dead. There's a major Easter egg called uh, the Eclipse where you have to get a focusing stone um, and it gives every character a permanent power-up with all the perks, so you don't have to drink the sodas. They're just gifted upon you, mm-hmm. if you do this Easter egg. 
and it can only be completed once per game. So there's this big old Easter egg quest, and now we're up to 13 steps long. So <laughs> there's 13 different steps you have to do. <laughs> there's the Easter egg called Time Travel Will Tell, and you have to rescue these explorers, uh, Brock and Gary. And For eventually, the Pokemon you get series. The... Nope. <laughs> they could be. I haven't seen their faces. They're just voices. So they, they're explorers. They discover this temple, and you help them out. You acquire the focusing stone, which leads you to the next stop in the journey, which is Moon. Woo! You guys remember this, man? AMC to the Moon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Once again. <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm going to have to correct you. I remember Has moon. AMC gone to the Moon? No. I remember nope. I remember the Moon because <laughs> the jumping was crazy because you were on the freaking Moon. So yeah. you would like go outside because you had, you had in inside stuff you had to do and then you would fight zombies yep. outside. And when you fought zombies outside, it was silent. You jumped a lot higher, and mm -hmm. the zombies would float off into space when you killed them. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that map. That that's one of the maps that I actually remember and hold hold dear to my heart today. Because mm -hmm. um, I love space, as you know. Uh, this map is on the moon, as evidenced by the title. It's a it's a secret Nazi moon base, which is wow, original idea. <laughs> but you start off in uh, Area Fifty One. I think that's why the Area 51 raid started, because they were like, we want to get the teleport. This was that's a long time ago. This was that's way before the raids. <laughs> the quote-unquote raids with the guy Naruto running. <laughs> but anyways, you start off on Area 51, and you're shooting the zombies, and there's no rounds, which is kind of strange. There's not like a round counter in the top uh, right of the screen or anything like that. You just have to get to the teleporter, and you can kill zombies there. So... Kind of strange. You start out, you're like, what, what's going on? And then you, there's a big old teleporter. It's evident. You have to go into the teleporter to get to the moon. So that's what you do. <laughs> the four main characters are back once again. And this map also introduces these uh, kind of strange phasing zombies and the astronaut zombies. And of course, there's the crawler zombies and the hellhounds all making a return in this one map. And I remember being really creeped out by the uh, astronaut zombies because you couldn't see their faces. They're just, they have like the reflective shield down. And they're just kind of bouncing towards you like that. Yep. You're like, um, I'm skewed. <laughs> but Moon is just such a great map. It's it's laid out in a way that there's this underground section, and there's these there's the obelisk, which is black. Yeah. The there's black a lot obelisk, of great which, stuff that went into that map. Yeah, and the Easter egg. That's you know you help help out uh, Richtofen, mm -hmm. and it's the Easter eggs hold Richtofen's grand scheme because there's like a magical thing inside the pyramid. Uh, which is where Samantha is, and then Samantha and Richtofen switch bodies at one point. Yep. It gets pretty crazy, um, but then Richtofen, of course, gains control of the zombies because it's evidenced before then that Samantha is controlling the zombies, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of scary that a, a five-year-old or a little kid is controlling all these. But anyways, I think the Obelisk is a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey where they see that thing on the moon and it like, has all these powers. Um, it's another good film you should go check out, maybe. I don't know, but... Uh, that's going to kind of bring us to the end of it and the end of this conversation. Um, I forgot to show off my, my merch here. Call of nice. Duty Black Ops. What a game. <laughs> There's no mention of zombies on it either, which is kind of Nick, strange. you're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you're so weird. I love when you do episodes because I, I get to just sit here and listen to you. Me and ramble on it's fun if i remember correctly and i don't know how you like take all of the exciting stuff and and forget to say it don't they like blow up the planet at the end of oh, moon yeah. 
Yeah, That's why are we just casually not going to talk about the fact that they destroy <laughs> Earth after, like, the end of the well, Easter egg is you, know. you destroy Earth. They blow up the moon. That's how this whole thing ends. This whole conversation what? that we were having, it was all leading up to these characters who we've grown to know and love being <laughs> stranded forever on the moon because they blew up Earth. It'll be all right. It's fine. Um, anyways, yeah, that's how the <laughs> that's how the Easter egg ends. Is the there? Of course, it's a Nazi moon base, and it's some time in the future, which is again a confusing time traveling thing. It's twenty twenty five or whatever. That's kind of scary that we're only four years away from that happening. But I really doubt I, that. Out of all the people who have tried to predict the future, it was Treyarch who got it right. <laughs> First, I'd guess it's The Simpsons, and then maybe Nostradamus. <laughs> Maybe. Then maybe Treyarch is at the bottom of the list in the top 25. But anyways, yeah, the, the Earth gets blown up. Um, you can time travel, you know, you can you can get in the teleporter and travel back to Area 51. And it's just like completely red and barren and all this. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know how I forgot about that, but I did. So <laughs> you launch missiles at the Earth and it blows up. Yep. And you get to see it up in the sky and the moon just like getting torn to shreds from the inside out. Um, which are some pretty powerful rockets. If if we're gonna do like the the physics math equation on that, but um, once again, it's it's fantasy. So yeah, I don't think those rockets that. are real. No, they're not. And the the Nazi moon base on the far side of the moon, it's also not real. We landed on the moon. Any other conspiracies I need to go over? While I got you, no. Nope, you're freaking me out. I'm spiraling. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the conclusion. <laughs> but that's where I'm gonna stop because I kind of fell away from the the, the Call of Duty series of games. Until recently with uh, Advanced Warfare. Cold War. Cold War. Yeah, there we go. I was looking at my game shelf behind me. But anyways, I never played these games throughout college because I was a college student and that's what I was doing. I was studying really hard or I was just playing games on my computer at that point. But anyways, I thought it was too cool to play these console games at this point. Anyways, that's kind of a long-winded uh, <clears throat> deep dive into the lore. Um, and if it's left you with anything by the end of this, I hope it fills you with a sense of maybe nostalgia or appreciation for all the work that the developers and programmers put into these series of games. And a lot of the time people like to complain about Call of Duty and how it's unoriginal, it's the same thing year after year, but does that really matter if you enjoy yourself when you're playing it? Probably not. I think the answer is no. So get out there, enjoy these games. Some spooky Halloween fun playing one of the most popular FPSs on the market today and entertain this zombies. Yeah. That's it. That's I've concluded. That's the episode. <laughs> Go play these games. That's all she I'll, wrote. I'll put them up on the screen once more. Okay, but if you're listening, he's holding up two <laughs> games that you will never be able to find, nor the systems that you play them on you will never be able to find. <laughs> it's uh, Xbox 360 two generations ago. <laughs> unless you go to yard sales, maybe you get lucky and you buy it used at a GameStop. Um, it's going to be hard to track down. Check out flea markets, maybe. Give those games a go. Or... <laughs> You could, just buy, my house. you could just buy the new Call of Duty Cold War and play that version of Zombies if you wanted to. That would also work. Please come over to my house and play with me. So, so let's <laughs> let's powwow, boys. Let's powwow for a minute. Um, things got confusing there for a little bit. A little bit. With, with Entertain This. Um, not with Nick's episode. Well, with Nick's episode, but... <laughs> it's, it's always confusing. I was even confused saying the words. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. Uh, but if if we're being honest, uh, we got a little bit confused with our scheduling. So it it was weird for a little bit. 
I, I took an episode. Then Jeff Kenny came on and did the first episode of the month, which is weird because we always have our guests at the end of the month. Um, stole the show, man. Yeah, he stole the show. But Jeff Kenny went ahead and he did his quick this last week to go along with his episode. And it was the uh, lightning round of interview questions from a second grade class. So to get us back on track, I will be doing the quick this this week. And then we will pick back up to our normal scheduling next week as it will be Michael's episode. And Nick will do the quick this. Um, So everything will be back to normal. We promise. Thank you for sticking with us through it. Uh, We want to bring you great guests. And we basically when we find people who want to come on the show, we're like, hey, it will make it work for you, yeah, whatever we'll, you want to do. <laughs> we'll bend over backwards for him. <laughs> yeah, so that's 100%. what we did. And and in the future, we may do it again, but we'll be back to regular scheduling uh, after next week. So with all that being said, I am going to do the quick this this week. So someone can give me a timer. Three, two, one, go. So at uh, the end of last month, I took the episode and said the guest spot and I talked about a little game called Piggy in Numberland. It was a nostalgic trip as we went through my adventures in trying to track down the game. Um, It was based mostly around nostalgia, but we use Piggy as sort of a vehicle to talk about nostalgia. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about nostalgia again, and I want to more importantly talk about a community that's out there that maybe you guys didn't know too much about that are trying to dive back into old operating systems such as uh, Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows 10, all of these old operating systems that are now obsolete and have been pushed out by their newer brethren. Um, Windows has completely basically redone stuff. So if you guys remember what it used to be like in high school when you'd like click start and then like you would go to like my computer and then you'd find your floppy disk <laughs> or whatever, you, that basically yep. it's it's way harder to get through the Windows stuff now. Um, But there's a community out there who is using something called a virtual machine to uh, emulate these old running systems. And I mean, it goes down to like you have to download uh, files that act as the floppy disks that you used to insert into your Windows 98 Mm -hmm. computer so that you can boot up the Windows 98 virtual computer. You have to run it through all of that stuff virtually so you can basically trick this program into opening Windows 98. I recently went on a venture (laughs) trying to uh, participate in these festivities Um, and through trial and tribulation and a very helpful community I was able to emulate both Windows 95 and Windows 98 on my Mac my iMac computer which is crazy to see me running a very small version of Windows 95 and Windows 98 on a Mac screen with like the Mac stuff still in the background. It, it was shouldn't very, exist. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was very neat to uh, to do. And I mean, the details in these communities, they have uploaded uh, files that let you like update your virtual video cards and like update your virtual like sound systems, your virtual speaker systems. And stuff like that. The reason that I know all this and the reason that I jumped through all of these hoops was because I've actually uh, got in my possession right now a copy and I'm going to show it to the visual people of uh, Piggy and Numberland. Oh, you're doing you're doing show and tell, too. I appreciate this. Piggy and Numberland. I have a copy of it in my hand right now. If you're watching the video version or you go on our YouTube and you watch the video version right now to be around timestamp uh, 123, maybe a little bit after. 
I am holding up a copy of Piggy and Numberland in all of its glory. Uh, and CD case. With a so, on it. so big announcement. <laughs> As you guys know, from the end of my last episode, I was in search of Piggy and Numberland and it wasn't looking great. But I have officially found it and I've got an emulator working now to play it. So what you can expect soon on the Entertain This YouTube channel is a series of me playing through Piggy and Numberland, uh, an official documentation of the game, which is what we were kind of going for to begin with. Uh, so people will be able to go and they will be able to watch it if it's something that they've been looking for. They will be able to uh, relive their their Piggy daydreams. We are still in the process of what's the legal way of saying this archiving this software <laughs> um and i did find out that there is a term in the legal system known as abandonware which is fairly uh fairly recognizable where it's when a game gets so old that basically nobody cares about it anymore and nobody knows it exists and piggy is actually classified as abandonware now so i should be able to archive it legally <laughs> which is oh, a great news. I am all good. So I will be working hard, hopefully with Michael's computer knowledge when we get a little bit of free time <laughs> in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, maybe, um, to pull an iOS uh, file from Piggy and upload it so that other people can, first off, figure out through this very helpful community how to do a virtual Windows 98 uh, computer and thus be able to run this piggy iOS through that Windows 98 uh, interface. However, if you work on a PCRA, you're not on Mac, you are actually able to run piggy through that as of now. There are ways you can do it. You'll figure it out. You can Google stuff and watch YouTube videos. But basically, through, step by step. <laughs> under settings, you're able to like convert things to work for your computer and it works on modern day windows so that's all i got that's the announcement for piggy that's your update it looks like mission success boom it'll be i'm uh, looking forward to it for sure i'll do another piggy update whenever we figure it out and then it will be in the show notes okay also have a, i didn't mention it during my piggy episode but there is a i started a uh, subreddit called piggy lost in numberland that has no, recounted it. it has recounted all of my uh my updates with piggy and it'll be another place to look for uh piggy related content as it as it comes out different videos and stuff that will come out involving piggy and Numberland, and eventually the download link will also be posted there so stay uh stay tuned that's all we got i love this yeah uh piggy has been an exciting adventure for me and i've been having a lot of fun uh playing it on the side i'm trying not to play too much so that i could still like give honest reactions while i'm like playing it and You're documenting it. it i still haven't actually decided whether or not i'm gonna do commentary because i don't know if it's gonna take away from other people's enjoyment of reliving through piggy but in the meantime that's all we got this week as always if there's anything that we haven't covered that you think would make a good topic for our show we always love taking your guys' suggestions something that you love that we can get into uh if it's a suggestion that we just don't think that we could cover without you you might even get invited on to be a guest on the show the best way to get in contact with us for those suggestions are first off just email us at entertain this podcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website www.entertainthis.net scroll all the way to the bottom there's a little questionnaire that you can fill out there get sent to our email it's super easy you can also contact us on our twitter we are entertain underscore this on instagram we are entertain this podcast um 
And on Facebook, we are Podcast Entertain This. If you want to find our Facebook group, we post updates there every Friday when we release new videos. There's also a chat room where you can talk about the stuff that we talked about in this episode with other people who, uh, you know, are interested in it, just like you. Not a lot of people want to talk about Piggy Numberland, and I get that, but someday you will. Uh, Until (laughs) next time, entertain us so we entertain you, and you can entertain this. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next Friday. Also, leave us iTunes reviews. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) This episode of Entertain This was written by me, Nick Mustakangas. Additional commentary is provided by Michael Sefoya and Alex Teal. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rush Rubble by Aaron Spencer. With interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes. And thanks for listening.